Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and as always, I'm bringing great interviews uh, to you, and no exception to the rule today. Uh, I got a, a gentleman who's become a very fast, uh, good friend of mine uh, who I've been introduced to uh, here in the last several months or so. Uh, he is a retired major of the Army type, so he's on the good guy's side. We love that. Um, he's the CEO of Arc of Justice, and he also has a podcast that's going to be coming out here soon called Fight in the Shade. My friend, Mr. William Osten. How you doing, brother? Good. Great to be with you, my man. I appreciate you taking time, man. You're busy. Well, listen, you're, you're a big shot. I'm always going to make time for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, feed the ego. There we go. I love it. I love it. Checks in the mail, by the way. I got it. <laughs> thank, th- hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Well, well, let's let's jump into it, brother. Let's uh, let's. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, you know, listen. First and foremost, I'm a family man, uh, married to a beautiful, intelligent woman who who you know always tells me how to do things better. Her, her name is Jennifer. 19 years, she's still putting up with me. Uh, she's actually a um, Elizabeth Dole uh, fellow, which oh, nice. is, you know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. And I'm the proud father of uh, twin daughters who are in fifth grade, uh, Abigail and Kate. Nice. Uh, so that, that's first and foremost who I am. I grew up uh, on the East Coast in Connecticut. My dad was actually, uh, he worked in Manhattan for over 20 years. He was there a um, couple miles away uh, from the Twin Towers on 9-11. Wow. That's part of the reason why I joined, which we'll get into. Um, uh, let's see what else. So I'm a, I'm a lawyer. You know, I don't want to turn off your audience right away, but I am one of those. One <laughs> and of those we just hated, lost hated everybody lawyers. right there. That's I, I know. What every, every, everybody's shutting off. So, uh, But I will say that I, I hate attorneys more than most people. So maybe I need to go to counseling for some self-hatred, but I, I get it. I, I actually went to Pepperdine Law School. Uh, because uh, they're a top tier law school who they train attorneys to live lives of um, of ser- service to others. Nice. And uh, and that's what I wanted to do with my law degree was not, you know, go and make a lot of money or become powerful, but it was to help others. And so I guess that's where I'll kind of wrap this up in the intro. Um, so when I was at Pepperdine Law School, uh, it was um, April of 2004. And that was the month that Pat Tillman, the NFL football player who yep. gave up a $3.2 million contract to enlist in the Army Rangers, he was killed in action uh, that month. I'll never forget the day because I was overlooking the beautiful Pacific Ocean in Malibu, which is where Pepperdine's located. Yep. And Adam, brother, I, I can't describe it any other better way than I felt totally convicted that I had done nothing to serve my country, even though we had been at war for three years and my dad was, you know, in Manhattan on 9 11. So I went back to my dorm room. I told my wife, Hey, I got to join the military. And she was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, I just, I have to like Pat Tillman gave up his career and joined and I've done nothing. And we've lived, you know, easy lives and enjoyed the blessings of Liberty. And we've done nothing. I need to join. I I can't look at myself in the mirror anymore. So, uh, fast forward, graduated law school, uh, you know, passed the bar, joined the army JAG Corps, uh, in 2007 and uh, I only planned on staying three years, Adam, and I love being a soldier, man. So I, wow. um, you know, ended up staying for 12 plus years and ended up uh, spending more time with operational frontline combat units as their uh, operational international law advisor. And I liked that a lot more than the courtroom. Right. Uh, so I gravitated towards that, got some experience with Navy SEAL Team 5, uh, 7th Group 
special for you know seven special forces group green berets 10th mountain division light infantry and uh so yeah i think that's that's my background man because we're obviously nice. going to get into the arc of justice story yeah so that, that's awesome and with the first officer is always thank you for your service to our our country we appreciate everything that you've done and sacrificed for um so now that you're, you're transitioning out CEO Arc of Justice. Like when did when did what is Arc of Justice first off? Sure. So Arc of Justice advocates for wounded warriors. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uh, I founded. Um, we actually it's beautiful. We actually incorporated in the state of Texas on the fourth of July of last year. Oh, wow. And their offices are typically closed, but I, you know, had um, my expert ask the the Texan bureaucrats, can we please get our paperwork stamped on the 4th of July? So I can always say I was born on the 4th of July <laughs> and they, and, and because it's Texas and they love America, they actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's awesome. so we launched, isn't that great, man? So we, we launched on veterans day of 2019. Uh, it's, it's an amazing story, probably too long for this short podcast. Maybe if I don't blow it, you can have me back on again, but through a series of serendipitous and providential circumstances, I was able to launch on national news, Fox News at Night with Shannon Bream on Veterans Day. So we had a five-minute segment. That's on our website. And this is Veterans Day Arc- last year, 2019. So you're not, yeah, brother. you're not even a year old yet. Yeah, brother. We're I'm a baby. I'm, 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 I'm baby Will. So just making a way in the world. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so so we, we've just had uh, tremendous favor uh, you know, in, in the, the military community and the media, and it's because our cause is so righteous. So let me go to what Arca Justice does, yeah. because a lot of people, when they hear uh, advocates for wounded warriors, you know, they think of Wounded Warrior Project or they think of like, you know, uh, the VA, you know, uh, veterans issues. Well, we're actually uh, we have a very small niche and we're, we're we don't service uh, veterans because we service active duty wounded warriors going through the integrated disability evaluation system. So we're actually trying to do what I would call preventative legal medicine. And we're trying to help active duty wounded warriors okay. uh, get justice before they become veterans so that we prevent a lot of the problems that the VA and the wounded so warrior Project and something. other great organizations. That's right. Yeah. So, Cause I, I lived it. I lived the dysfunction of the system, which, you know, we can eventually get into. Yeah. And so I decided, okay, I can either be bitter and angry or I can take the wrong that was done to me and make something good out of it. And then I can use the skills, you know, that I, cause I've seen the belly of the beast, the defense health agency and how they're mistreating active duty wounded warriors since 2018. So then I can use that knowledge to help other people. Cause my tagline has been Adam, if they're doing this to me as a JAG major with service and special operations units, then what are they doing to the 19 year old private? Yeah. Well, he has no hope. So that, that's what we do, man. So, man. And, and it's such an area that needed so much attention, you know, right now, um, you know, like the appeals process and stuff, something I've been going through for the last, I don't know, going on eight years now. And it's just a, I, I see why, and I said this before, but I, I I see why a lot of our veterans and the suicide and stuff, why the, the number's so high, because it's like, here you go, take it or leave it kind of a thing, and and it doesn't necessarily resolve the problem. So it it, it doesn't, uh, a lot of times, I, I think guys get depressed because it's like, well, you know, the VA doesn't care, and they're the ones that are supposed to be taking care of me afterwards. 
And I use that phrase because I know some of you are like, well, VA, you should be taking care of yourself, blah, blah, blah. I get that. I'm, I'm saying certain things that the VA and that the military promised you after you served, is, they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, that's completely true. And I'm, I'm starting to live that life now too, because I was rated 90% disabled. You know, a lot of the advocates in the special ops care coalition who helped me, they were like, you should absolutely be a hundred percent, but it's like so difficult. The system is a quagmire. Now, listen, I'm going to give credit to where credit's due. Like I believe president Trump and secretary uh, of the veterans affairs, Wilkie, they are trying to improve, mm -hmm. you know, a, a bureaucratic system that, you know, has needed improvement for years. I, I truly believe, you know, and it's, it's like moving a, a ship, you know, like you, it, it's, you gotta, that's on it, it doesn't move by quick. yourself. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's moored. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but so that's that, but imagine, you know, what, so what I'm dealing with is not even that I'm dealing with before you become a veteran and you're actually still on active duty. You're still doing your job. You're still wearing the cloth in the nation and then you get screwed by being entered in to a medical separation process prematurely because it's now a numbers game. And, you know, with Secretary of Defense Mattis's deployer get out policy coming in 2018 and also the creation of this new unaccountable bureaucracy called Defense Health Agency manned by civilians that created in 2018, Adam, this perfect storm where military commanders are no longer in charge of their wounded warriors, which I just want to pause on that. Yeah. How crazy is that statement that for 245 years of unbroken military tradition, going back to General George Washington, Continental Army at Valley Forge, where if a soldier is being mistreated, he can use commander's open door policy that ended 245 years in 2018 with the creation of Defense Health Agency. This is a problem that nobody knows about. And that's why I'm trying to trump it. And why do you, why do you think nobody knows show. about that? Why why do you think nobody knows about that? Well, well, does it turn uh, into? Let because, me. Does it turn into a, a political battle? And that's why whether it's you know this is what we're doing here, and here's all the accolades. While in the meantime, this hand is in the background doing, you know. So, I don't think so. I mean, there may be some of that. I think um, what I've experienced. Uh, is well to your point. There's definitely lazy, incompetent, insouciant, and malevolent bureaucrats who work, you know, as staffers in Congress. Right. There definitely are that, you know. But also, and I want to be fair here, for the most part, um, you know, I think of somebody like Dr. Paul Bonicelli, who's the senior policy advisor for Senator Rick Scott, and he's been fighting with me on this issue for two years. And, and, and he's been awesome. He's in his mid fifties. You know, he's been on like boards of universities, president of USAID. And most of the staffers that I've worked with have been amazing. There's some other ones and I'm going to remain professional and not naming them by name, but right. you know, they are terrible. Right. They are what you just described, but I think, and it's crazy to, it's crazy to say this, but I think that once the congressional legislation was passed to create defense health agency, literally the defense it got it kind of got lost in the sauce you know it, it like it was this huge new bureaucracy standing up and it created this gap and it was like okay the army figured out well we don't like it but we're no longer responsible for wounded warrior care because it's congressionally mandated to defense health agency defense health agency said we don't own it because they were so big and so new and getting spun up that they were like no we don't own it so you had two major authorities, the Army and DHA, 
pointing the finger of blame at each other. And again, I'm going to restate the army's right. Yeah. So these two things are pointing the finger of blame at each other, thereby creating a gap, a massive gap that wounded warriors are falling through every day. Right. It's, ha it's happened to thousands, thousands. Do you see it getting better anytime soon? I do. So we've actually made tremendous progress because, you know, you, you, you're, you're an army ground pounder, you're a leader, you know, what, what do we, what do we do as senior leaders? Well, we can't just identify problems yeah. in the military. We have to come with solutions. And so, so we've done that, you know, my small team, uh, we have already, and this is a miracle, Adam, we have already passed a major piece of legislation. So it's house resolution 6466. They didn't listen to me and what it should be named as. So don't blame me for this, but it was called the integrated disability evaluation system accountability act of 2020. Oh my gosh, try and say that five times. Fast. Right. Forget it. Right. You know? So, but the beautiful thing is Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, and this is another long story for another day, but I actually like ambushed her at an airport at midnight when she was running for president. She gave me 10 minutes of her time and to, to make a very long story short, she ended up along with Congressman Brian Mast, um, who lost both of his uh, legs. He's uh, from Congressman from Florida, lost both of his legs in a special ops unit. Uh, he's a wounded warrior himself. Brian Mass, Republican, Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat, they spearheaded H.R. 6466. They got it added as an en banc amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act 2021. So my three little pieces of legislation are now safely ensconced in thousands of pages of the main omnibus bill that President Trump will sign you know, toward the end of this year. That's a miracle. Adam, I've been told, I don't know what the heck I'm that, doing. That, that usually takes several years to get something like that yes. to go through, correct? Yes, Totally, brother. So, you know, I've had these major lobbyist firms contact me and they are like, hey, you know, what's your, you know, what's your budget in the millions of dollars? How many staff do you have? You know, like 30 staff working this. I'm like, nah, no, I don't really have a budget. And I've got me and a couple of volunteers. And they're, they're like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. You know, I'm like, no, no, seriously. <laughs> and, and the reason why it's not because I'm brilliant. It's not because I'm very accomplished. It's because my cause the arc of justice cause is righteous. It's an injustice. It's a grave injustice being committed against wounded warriors. And so whenever I go and sit, you know, in a Senate office for three hours, because, you know, I've, I've learned that if you email and call the numbers on the websites, well, that doesn't work. Right. So what I do, and this is all pre-COVID, of course, but I go and I sit in the office with the little like 21 year old intern behind the desk. And I'm like, Hey, I'm major retired William J. Austin and I will not leave here until somebody sees me. So I brought drinks. I brought snacks. You know, I'm just going to sit here in the waiting room. I've literally done that over and over again, Adam. And, and then somebody will come out and then somebody will talk to me. And, you know, some of the Senate and Congress staffers and members take it seriously and others don't, but it's not up to me, you know, to get results. The only thing that's up to me is to do my duty and to keep fighting. And I get people like you. I get, you know, I just got off the phone today with Major General Retired Bob Dees, uh, amazing West Point grad. You know, he ran the Ben Carson camp presidential campaign, super network, runs his own consulting firm. He spent 25 minutes on the phone with me today. He had looked at all of our products and he said, listen, man, you're spinning all the right propellers in the right direction right now. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to you're going to get results. And. You know, we this is a great quintessential American story of the under, underdog with no money and no staff taking down injustices committed by a $50 billion annual budgeted bureaucracy. Taking down D.C. 
Yeah, man, it's the swamp. It is. That's that's exactly what you're doing. You're kind of like the the man out there. Like, I'm gonna climb that mountain, whether it's with my boots on or barefoot, and I got to go up backwards. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You're gonna you're gonna gonna do it, and you're doing it, man. And you're and you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And people like you are helping me do it. And you know, this is where I'll share the inspiration, you know, real quick for Arc of Justice. So. Um, we, we have two inspirations. Uh, one is Martin Luther King Jr. And the other is the Spartan 300, which is our shield. So Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we shall overcome because the arc of the Boral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So I combine that into the nomenclature of arc of justice. And then I use the Spartan shield because what did the 300 do? You know, they fought against a million man plus totalitarian regime for the flame of liberty, you know, thousands of years ago. And when the scout came to Theanakes, the Spartan warrior, and said, we need to retreat because the Persian archers are so numerous that their arrows will block out the sun, Theanakes laughed and said, good, then we'll fight in the shade. And see, it's this attitude of the warrior ethos that is inbred into us as American soldiers, where we don't care how big the obstacle is. We don't care what the enemy's strength is. If we need to go take that hill, then we're going to go take that hill. Right. And we take, we take an oath to defend the constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic. And you and I have both fought enemies foreign. And I hate that I have to fight civilian uncaring bureaucrats in defense health agency, but they are, they're enemies domestic. Yeah. They really are. The fact that we even have to say that and even think about fighting somebody here on our home front. You know, when yeah. when when the 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 country was founded on the ideal of the government works for the people, not the other way around. Yep. And it's been the other way yep. around for probably as long as we've been alive, you know, yep. and, and, it, and it's and it's time it's time to switch that up. And we're it's crazy. We are living in some crazy times right now. Oh, we, we are living in some great, crazy times. Um, so what's next? What's next for you, Arc of Justice? What's going on with that next? Yeah. So we actually, um, you know, I don't know exactly when this will air, but uh, we are launching on September 22nd a White House petition uh, for the Wounded Warrior Bill of Rights. Because not only, obviously, I've talked about the legislative win that we got, yeah. but even with that legislative win, it will take maybe three to four years to get through the congressional swamp to actually get legislation that changes the problem. Cause our legislation only orders an investigation, you know, into if my allegations are correct. Well, I already know my allegations are correct. Right. Everybody knows it, but you know, so I, I want that investigation to happen and I fully support it. And however long it takes. Wait, so let, but, let, me back, let me back up a second. Yep. So yeah, you, yeah. you got it on there. They got to vote on it. And this is just for them to to investigate it, just to look at, okay, maybe there is a problem here. Let's take a look. And then it's going to take That's another exact- several years before they decide, okay, now we can start doing something about it. That's exactly right, brother. And because they told me, that that's all that they could get through, you know, because of the way that the D.C., you know, bureaucracy and and Capitol Hill works. And so I drafted I helped draft the five interrogatory questions because that was the other thing that I was concerned about. Well, you can investigations are happening on the Hill all the time. So you can order investigation and then they just come up with some piece of garbage, you know, and that's like, oh, well, we investigated it. Right. You know, so so with Congressman Mass uh, help with his senior staffer. We drafted five specific interrogatory questions that Defense Health Agency has to – well, actually, Secretary of Defense has to report back 
to the House Armed Services Committee. But even and and that's again, Adam, that's a huge win. That's yeah. what everybody's telling me. They're like, yeah. you should be excited. You can go fundraise on this for the next five years. I'm like, you're not getting it. I don't want to go fundraise for the next five years. I want to go fix the problem and then move on with my life. Right. Like I'm not in this, you know, to to like get a six figure salary and to get accolades. I am in this to help the 19 year old private get justice and 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 to be treated like he should be deserved. You you you're in it for change. You're in it for change. You're I mean, you're, you're totally. You have the purpose. The purpose is, is, is change. Your heart's in the right place. And I've told you that will offline too. I mean, it's, you know, you definitely don't question that one bit. Um, so, all right. So what, what is, so you're, 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 yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So, so now, cause we kind of backtracked, you know, to clarify what we have already, but now I'm doing a second piece of legislation okay. called the wounded warrior bill of rights. And that will immediately fix the problem okay. immediately. So we're going to try and do both. You know, it's a two it's a two fisted punch to the face of injustice and bureaucracy. And so I'm launching on September 22nd, a White House petition. I need to get 100,000 signatures in 30 days. So I need to get them by October 21st. And so if I do, then President Trump, by law, must be briefed on the Wounded Warrior Bill of Rights. And I have no doubt, Adam, that he will sign it. I just need to get the information to him, you know, and get it like through the quagmire. And you need 100,000 signatures to do so. Yeah, brother. So that's what we're doing right now. Is there, is there somewhere, is there somewhere where people can read this and look into this more, what you're doing? Absolutely. So it's on the whitehouse.gov website, you know, if you go there. But I think the most direct way is to go on arcofjusticeusa.org, and we will have a direct uh, link to the petition where you can go sign it. So you can either – it's officially – it's not on our website. Listen, I'm not getting – this is not a method for me to get people's information right, right. And, and, and email addresses to build up a donor list. I will never see people's information because it's officially held on petition backslash whitehouse.gov. But people may go on there. They may get lost. You know, there's a lot of petitions right. held on there. So, But, but if you go, go to, go to org and you'll have a direct link to that specific correct. petition. And and. We're on, you know, social media platforms, you know, Facebook, um, you know, Instagram, and and our handle is Arc of Justice USA, and we will have, you know, a link there. We're going to make it as easy as possible for people. We'll also have this on the HMG and the Decision Hour social media pages uh, as well. If you're not following Arc of Justice. Um, on social media, please do so. It's Arc of Justice USA. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn too. I mean, we're on Twitter, but you know, I don't do the Twitter thing. I yeah. mean, we're we're on every platform. We're on Parlor now too, but but mainly uh, just because of staffing, short staffing. You mm-hmm. know, I I really do Instagram and Facebook. Gotcha. You know, so like those those are the two that I really track with. Okay. So, listen, if you're listening to the show, that means you're online. Open up another browser, go to your little social media, whatever you follow, and then go follow them. It's that simple. Make it happen. Do it now. We'll wait. Um, 
I want to I want to sh- shift gears just a little bit here before we before we come up on on time. Uh, you got a podcast that's going to be coming out that you've been working on and off yes. of, right? Uh, Fight totally, in the man. shade. Can let's let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what uh, what people can expect when that when that goes yeah. live. Well, I just signed, you know, the big news, Adam, is I just signed a contract with this amazing media conglomerate called Heroes Media Group. <laughs> I knew you. Check, I knew another. as soon as I asked, I was like, oh, I should not have asked that question. I knew you were going to do that, another, man. And, and for those listeners out there, like Adam and I are not lifelong friends. Like we just started talking a couple months ago, but we, but we are, this is the band of brotherhood, man. We yeah. are, we are connected already. We're yeah. brothers from another mother. Yeah. This is glorious. It's, so, it's fun. It's always right. a good time talking with Will. So, <laughs> so uh, listen, we, I, I really do. I dream big and, you know, listen, I fail all the time. But I'm like, with with what I'm trying to do is so outrageous anyways, taking down a $50 billion bureaucracy with just me, myself, and I and a short staff, no money. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go big. Yeah. So so I actually uh, went on a road trip um, across America, yeah. uh, which um, I ended up getting a new Jeep Wrangler by a generous donor. Uh, that's a whole other story. But basically, he loved what Arca Justice was doing. He was like, hey, if you bring your old Jeep from South Carolina to Colorado Springs – I will give you a brand new Jeep. And I didn't, and it was, yeah, like, like, I was like, I was like, can gone. I get that in writing? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he was like, no, you just need to trust me. I, so I drove across America. <laughs> I, I wait, let me, hold on a second. Let me back up. I got to interject this. I will. So Will calls me up one day. He's like, dude, you're never going to believe what just happened. And he tells me this. And I was just like, you're, you're, you're kidding. Right. He's like, no. And he's like, I'm totally driving to Colorado, like right now. Like he's on the road calling me. He's like, dude, you're never gonna guess what just happened. I'm driving to Colorado, yeah. and I'm thinking, thinking to myself, like, what the hell is he going to Colorado for? You just got to say, like, what are you doing, man? We got stuff to do. And then yeah, he tells so, me, so oh. my, so my parents are like, this is not real. Like, don't do this, son. And I'm like, well. I'm like, I don't, I won't know if it's real until I get there. But, you know, I listen, I did a bona fides check on the guy that offered it. And, you know, I got like some semblance of assurances, you know, but nothing in writing. So it's a total trust fall. Right. But listen, it happened. I, I got a brand new 2020 Jeep Wrangler, you know, that I'm now using for the Ark of Justice mission. It's amazing. Okay. So on that drive, I'm just going to talk about a few things that yeah. will be coming up on Fight in the Shade podcast. So on that drive, I decided to do something called the in defense of America road trip. And so I would stop at like historic sites and I would do like a little three to four minute plug about why America is so great. Cause everybody, a lot of people like to hate America right now, but she's great for a lot of reasons. So you're gonna have to listen to the podcast to find out why, cause we don't have time right now. And so on part of that, I saw, saw a sign for America's national Churchill museum. And I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to pull off. So it was like 30 minutes off the road, you know, but I, I pulled off. And it's on this beautiful, beautiful campus in the middle of, um, you know, Nowheresville, Missouri. And it's all locked up and it's close. Well, do you think that's not going to stop me? Right. You know, so I actually, you know, started like going up. I started like pulling on the door, maybe like a little bit too hard. And so this guy, you know, this professorial guy comes out. He's like, can't you read the sign? We're closed. I'm like, oh, sir, you know, like I'm president of Arca Justice, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he kind of looks at me and he's like, you got a card? And I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, stay here. Do not come in. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So he goes in for five minutes. 
comes back out. He's like, I talked to the national uh, director and chief curator of the museum, and he's, here's his personal cell number. Give him a call. So I continue my road trip to Colorado, give him a call. On the way back, he actually opened up America's National Churchill Museum just for me and my director of operations, Mike. And we went in there and we shot three hours of video with Mr. Timothy Riley, who is America's number one expert on Winston Churchill. Really? So, so Adam, that's cool. I could have either I could have gotten arrested for what <laughs> I was doing, <laughs> or or an epic story. Thankfully, on this one, it was an epic story. <laughs> I was um, waiting to also, get a text like, "Do you have bail money?" And I was like, "God, what are you doing, dude?" And it, it was great because when we were with, with Mr. Riley, you know, he kind of he vetted us for 30 minutes, you know, before he agreed. And and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Riley. You know, I kind of agitated that other guy and pulled on the door too hard. He's like, well, he's like, it worked out for you. So it's OK. I'm like, yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So what else am I doing? So I have um, and I don't know if I should announce this publicly, but I'm going to do it anyways, because that's what I am. I'm a risk taker. So Congresswoman. Tulsi Gabbard. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. So her, I've been in negotiations with her staff and this is going to happen probably depending on her schedule and her army reserve commitments, but they have agreed. This is the plan that I pitched to them. I'm going to fly out to Hawaii with my family. I don't have money for any of this, but the money follows the vision. Yeah. All right. Right. So I'm going to fly out like to that. Hawaii with my family and Tulsi and I are going to surf together, and then we're going to do a podcast. I'm going to call it Hang 10 with Tulsi, and we're going to talk about like leadership, life, liberty, and other subjects, no politics. And then my wife is amazing, so I'm going to do like a women in leadership um, one with my wife, Jennifer, and Tulsi. And then I'm going to do one with Tulsi and my daughters, because my daughters, you know, think that this is the coolest thing ever, that, you know, their dad's going to fly out and surf with a, a presidential candidate, right. you know, so... So that that has actually been approved. We're just waiting on timing. Um, and then I also got in touch with Dr. Terry Franson, who is an Olympic medal winning uh, coach in the decathlon. He, I'm going to go out to San Francisco and interview him on his 20 principles of coaching. Uh, he was selected into the uh, I think it was the NAIA Hall of Fame for coaching. Yeah. Um, what else do I got queued up? Oh, Mary Jean Eisenhower. Mary Jean Eisenhower, the youngest granddaughter of President and General Eisenhower, has agreed to become the honorary chair for the Arc of Justice Board. There are 55,000 veteran and military nonprofits who would love to be able to say that. I don't know why I, she chose us, but she is our honorary chair. So I will also eventually be doing a video podcast of her giving my daughters a tour of the Eisenhower Library and Museum when that opens back up. All right. So. You know, the Churchill one is done. It's in post-production editing. So we're going to be posting that here when we launch. You know, hopefully by the time people are listening to this, we're up and running. Uh, and it's called Fight in the Shade podcast. It'll be on, you know, every platform. Because, again, we have this amazing media conglomerate that we signed <laughs> with. So it's going to be done excellently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, listen. No pressure I, at all. <laughs> so... I, I am actually just visioneering what is the craziest, coolest thing that I could do for my podcast that people would be like, that will never happen. Y you think you're going to go surfing with a congresswoman in Hawaii yeah. and do a podcast? That will never happen. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to think of to do. And, you know, I'm going to get a lot of no's. 
But, you know, one of the best jobs, and I'll, I'll close this, this little thought with this, that one of the best jobs I ever had, Adam, was it was like right after college. And, you know, I, I quit, I quit one job, it wasn't working out. And so I had to, I'd just been recently married, I had to just make money quickly for my family, no kids, but still had a wife had to put food on the table. So I got hired to go sell steaks off the back of like one of these trucks. Yeah. I was like a Schwann's guy. And so, but I wasn't a Schwann's guy. It was like worse than that. It was like a reefer on the back of this truck. Like there's a bunch of like degenerates who would like come and work for a couple of days, make like 500 bucks. And I would go and I would, I would knock on 300 doors a day and I would get like 298 no's and I would make my money off the two yeses. Right. And what that taught me was, Hey, you can get rejected a lot. You can get failed a lot, but you just keep going. All you need is those two yeses yep. out of 300. And, and I made so much money. I paid off my wife's college loans and I bought her a new truck with that stinking job where like some days I would go in the reefer truck and the guy who had it the day before was like smoking marijuana. And so I would come home high, you know, I mean, it was, it was like <laughs> the worst working conditions ever. But like, that's, I don't know what's, I don't know what my deal is, but like, I've just had the ability. I was born in Philadelphia. I've had the ability to like get smacked down a lot and back and bounce back up, you know, resiliency, adver adversity, all that kind of stuff. Like, and if I am like a bulldog with a bone, if, if, if I know something's right, I don't care how impossible it is or who tells me I, it can't be done fine. Tell me that that's yeah. like raving, waving red in front of a bull. Yeah. You tell me it can't be done. It's impossible. That gets me more fired. Yeah. Up to prove you wrong. And I think that's where you and I are so similar because I I'm the same way. Like, uh, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Why would you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, well, yeah, I tell you what, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to show you why. And then, and then, I'm, right. and then I'm going to find the hardest way to do it and I'm going to make it harder. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to do it that way. Just to yep. do it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one last question for you. Yeah, brother. You're on a show called The Decision Hour. Uh, we, we make decisions every day, right? Uh, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? Oh, man, that's a great question. And my wife's going to be so upset for me for telling this story, but I'm going to make it short. And then you can, you can have her on to correct me. <laughs> All right. So here it is, bro. This is a great story. This is like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Okay. All right, here we go. So, so she actually, so we dated in college, we were college, you know, sweethearts and uh, she then, uh, like we, 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 we pretty much knew we were going to get married, but then I was a year ahead of her. So she broke up with me, um, and went like, after I graduated, she broke up with me to go study for a semester in Israel. And, you know, it wasn't like a full on, like forever breakup, but it was like, Hey, you need to mature, you know, and totally right. But the problem is it's hey. 19, 20 years later, I'm still not mature, man. <laughs> you know, so like mature, who does that? That's yeah, yeah. That's stupid. So Why would you like, even you, say that? That's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so she's like, you need to mature. Don't contact me for the next four months. Like, I'm just going to go and have, you know, time in Israel and really focus. And then, you know, when I come back, we can talk about, you know, have a determined relationship, DTR discussion. All right. So, so I like honored that for two months. 
but then and this is like before this is uh this is like 2000 man so this is like before like even i, I don't even know if i had a cell phone back then it's definitely before social media you know but i just got wind that like there were some guys there who were like hitting on her like some guys that she was going to school with and and you know listen she's beautiful intelligent like you know i knew that i could never find someone as good as her to get her to say yes to me like i had already jedi mind tricked her so i was like oh this is not this is not good you know so i ended up getting a plane ticket to israel and this was during the second intifada so it was a war zone Active war zone, State Department warnings, don't go to Israel. I got a ticket. I flew to Israel. I called her ahead of time and said, hey, I'm coming to Israel. She was mad at me and said, I told you not to call me. And I'm not, I don't want to see you. <laughs> so I ended so up So what going. do you do? So either, I go to Israel. <laughs> I go to Israel. I was like, well, I was like, I already bought my ticket, babe. So if you don't want to see me, I'll respect that. And then I'll just have like, you know, a nice week in Israel. And so went there, she, you know, she acquiesced, met me at the airport, and I ended up uh, a couple of days later proposing to her, and she said yes. Oh. <laughs> wow. The, 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 re the rest is history, as they say. So, um, you know, that, that could have been either I, I'm a stalker or I, you know, I'm a hero and I get a wife, you know? I don't know. It's a very fine line. <laughs> Sometimes that line's very blurry. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Now, I, all I know is that I, if, if I have a feeling, I check with my wife first to make sure that I'm accurate in that feeling. That's all I. <laughs> you, 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 and you and me both, brother. Is 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 that what you're wearing today? Yeah. Uh, yes, babe. Yeah. Um, are you are you leaving the house in that? Uh, I guess not anymore. No, no, no. I was just gonna hang around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Too good. Too good. Well, listen, brother. I appreciate uh, I, you. I appreciate you coming on the show today and taking time, man, out of your out of your schedule. We're gonna, we definitely going to get this stuff pumped out. Try to get those signatures for you uh, well before the deadline uh, to make sure that that stuff happens. So, uh, any parting words before we let you go? Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just going to read a quote to yes. uh, to inspire people, and this is uh, something. There's a lot of quotes from like you know Winston Churchill, George Washington, and others. Uh, but I'm actually going to show like my soft side today, and I'm going to read a, a poet's quote from Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, yes. And he said, the characteristic of heroism is its persistency. All men have wandering impulses, fits and starts of generosity. But when you have chosen your part, abide by it, and do not weakly try to reconcile yourself with the world. The heroic cannot be the common nor the common heroic. Yet we have the weakness to inspect the sympathy of people in those actions whose excellence is that they outrun sympathy and appeal to a tardy justice. If you would serve your brother because it is fit for you to serve him, do not take back your words when you find that prudent people do not commend you. And that that the characteristic of heroism is persistency. I know you and I both believe that. We just keep fighting until justice is effectuated. So I believe we are going to bend the arc with the great help of your listeners to this podcast and the other people that you connect me with. So God bless you, Adam. And thank you. Absolutely. Brother. Always folks. That's all the time we have today, but before we let you go, we got to let a uh, uh, big thanks to our parent network heroes media group. Go over there, check out all the shows, articles and stuff that's going on. Simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com until next time you've been listening to the decision hour.